You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Is Justin Verlander going to be traded? I'd be against that too. I think it's stupid to trade either guy. I really do. I don't see the benefit. Now, if you're telling me that I'm misreading what they can get back, then maybe it's different. But if they're going to be able to only get back middling prospects for spending so much money for a guy not to be on your team, I don't think it makes any sense. Because next year you have to replace them. And if you want to sign, even if you only think Max is a middle-of-the-rotation guy right now, if you want to replace his production, it's still going to cost you $25 million a year. (laughs) That's what it costs. And then you throw in what you're spending to cover the salary that's being picked up by another team? I don't think it makes sense. I think the way you have to view it next year, and even though this means the payroll is going to get even higher, is you have to view Max and Justin as not Justin as much yet. His season's been a little weirder. I think you got to view Max as a middle-of-the-rotation guy. So when you build your rotation next year and you've got Senga and Scherzer and Verlander and Quintana, you may say, hey, I need a top-of-the-rotation guy. I don't view Max that way. And Julio Urias certainly fits that. Shohei Otani certainly fits that. One of the recruits from Japan certainly fits that. A trade we're not thinking of. Shane Bieber, Corbin Burns certainly fits that. I I think that trading them is like this symbolic thing to some people. I don't love Max Scherzer either. I've been as critical as anybody on him. But I also want to win more than anything. And I don't think it gets you closer to winning. Well, here's the problem though, right? So you, I think you are misreading the Justin Verlander aspect of this because he now, in his last five games, has pitched four quality starts. Um, I don't remember the exact innings, but it's like his. I think his ERA is like one point six nine, whip of one, uh, strikeout to walk ratios, whatever. But he has vastly improved since the first. You know, when when he first came back from injury. So I think he's actually pitching now again back to that like Cy Young material. I think he has value. And no, but at, but you got it, Pete. You're right how well he's pitched. That's why I didn't kind of put him in that mix of viewing him as a middle of the rotation guy anymore. But we have to remember how much money he's owed this year and how much money he's owed next year. There are not a lot of teams that would strictly pick that up. So unless the Mets are contributing a big number to that, again, why would you want to do that? Well, first of all, a team that's interested in him, by the way, is Texas. And when it comes to money, they seem to be just as crazy as as Steve Cohen is. But are they going to pick up that that contract and give back a big-time prospect? Well, I mean, does Brody Van Wagenen work for them? (laughs) You can only wish, right? Yeah. But again, if 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 Cohen does say, you know what, we'll take some of the money, let's work with it, money, but we need a better pickback. I'm telling you, the range, like 
here's where the Mets screwed up last year. They had a chance to go deep into the playoffs and add on to their team, and they didn't do it. I think the Rangers saw that, and they could make that move. Say, you know what? Justin Verlander will make our team better. Will make us a deeper team. Of course they want to go for him. Yeah, but uh, no, no. Forget them for a second. What oh. about us? Oh, yeah, like, us. <laughs> w- w- what do you want back? Like, I could sit here and Jack Leiter. And I, I understand I understand that he's not doing very well, but he was a, a second overall pick in 2021. He can't be that terrible. Give me start with him. Give me another prospect. But eat a They're lot of the money. They're not doing that. They're not doing that, though. Like, do you think the Texas Rangers even if the Mets picked up a little bit of money, are going to give up a 22-year-old top prospect for Justin Verlander? I don't see that. When's the last time they won a World Series? How desperate are they? I, I got to be honest. I think that you – look at the Padres last year. Look at look at some of these other teams that, that are spending the money. Like, they realize and they might take note from what the Mets did wrong last year. I, if I was the GM, I'd say, screw it. Let's go for it. We'll find enough. Listen, it's not like the Texas Rangers are doing a great job developing their pitchers anyway. Look at their other pitching staff. They were all free agents. I, I, I get it, but I'm thinking about it from our perspective. Like, I understand why Texas or Baltimore, a lot of teams, would want to go after Verlander. I'm just questioning what they're going to be willing to give up, even if the Mets are picking up a big part of that salary. You don't, th- you don't think prospects are, are good enough? You don't. You don't think that's worth it if it's a if it's a high level prospect? It depends who it is. It depends who the prospect is. That's why it's such a hypothetical. I just know that you have to replace Justin Verlander next year. If you just traded him for whatever prospect, you now are building a rotation around whom next year? Lucas Giolito, Kodai Senga. And Max Scherzer's your 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 third starter, Max. I mean, so you're I, replacing Justin Verlander with Lucas Giolito. That's he, what you're suggesting. Uh, that's a start. That's do you a, think that's Do you think that's an upgrade? I think he pitches every day, every game, every fifth game. No, no, so that's Giolito better. does. I love the fact that what I love about Giolito is that he takes the ball every five days. But he is an average middle of the rotation starting pitcher in my mind. That's what he is. And so between the money you're putting in to just paying Verlander to go away and then the money you're paying to sign Lucas Giolito, which, by the way, he's going to be expensive despite basically being a four ERA pitcher. Lucas Giolito is what we hate about Max Scherzer. That's who he is, except Giolito is in the prime of his career. That's the difference. With Scherzer, he's washed up. He's cooked. Look at his numbers this season. Look what he's done this year, and then compare it to, let's say, Lucas Giolito. It's almost the same. I mean, last year, Giolito almost had a 5 ERA, but guess what? He made his starts every five days, so let's go have a party for him. I but mean, that- I mean, to honestly, uh, Ev, at this point in time, we've looked at the, look at the last th- two or three years of sh- ace starting pitchers. How many have actually pitched 32 games for us? Well, I get that, but that's the guy you're replacing Verlander <laughs> with. It's I know it's terrible, but that, that, that's what I'm talking about. But look around the league; who else is there anyway? So you you're you're okay with shopping Verlander and Scherzer? Is the overall point? I, I would trade. I will trade one of the two, and I think you'll get more back for Verlander. I don't know why you have to trade any of them. Like, I don't get why that has to happen. Like, as long as you start viewing them differently and not viewing the Mets built around two aging starting pitchers, and depending on what they do in the offseason, you may not have to. Like, if Steve Cohen is going to continue to spend, which I think we all believe he's going to, you know that Verlander will only have one year left on his deal. 
You know Scherzer will. That means you've got $90 million coming off the books after next season. It's all cleared. So it's not that nuts. Forget Otani. We all know everybody wants Otani. Let's say you sign Julio Urias. Well, I know he's not had the greatest season in the world, but lefty, still relatively young, one of the better starters in baseball. And you got to give him $40 million a year. And everybody's going to make a joke. Wow, look at the rotation. $40 million for Urias. $44 for Verlander. $44 for Scherzer. The salary of Quintana. The salary of Singa. It's absurd. Ha, ha, ha. LOL Mets. A year from now, Verlander and Scherzer are gone. They're done. They, you're not paying them. So why would you be afraid to pay one other starting pitcher next season who's a top-line starting pitcher when you know those two guys are eventually going away? Why not milk them for everything they have left next season and then they're gone? And you have to worry about paying them to be on another team. You move on and you reinvest that money in other starting pitchers because there'll be more available in free agency, whether it's Shane Bieber or Max Fried or anyone coming over from Japan. That'd be my attitude. That was my strategy before this season was a disaster, and I'd stick with it. Yeah, well, the, the problem is, though, is that I am concerned. I am worried that, that next year it's going to be the same thing with those guys. And you're right. We have to look at them differently. We have to look at them like they are not the aces anymore and that expect the the fact that they're going to only pitch 20 to 25 Pete, games Pete, tops. Pete, 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 hear me out on this. Let's say I'm right that they signed Julio Urias. Let's just say. The Dodgers got Otani, and while they got Otani, they lost their eye on the ball, and they lost Urias. And he wants to come to New York, and he's here. Okay, just hear me out. That's the Met offseason. They have signed one of the better left-handed pitchers in all of baseball in Julio Urias. You think that's a pretty good move, though, right? You like him? I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Julio Urias, by the way, is about to turn 27 years old. Now, he's had a bad year this year. I'd be the first to tell you. But he led the league in ERA a year ago. He was third in Cy Young voting. He has been a consistent starting pitcher over the last three seasons. If they signed him and they had a rotation going into opening day next year of Urias, Verlander, Scherzer, Senga, Quintana, is that good? Yes. Oh. And now you're viewing Scherzer probably as your fourth starter. Because think about it. Urias is your ace. Verlander's your two. Senga's been awesome this year. Let's just all be honest about how freaking good Kodai Senga's been. I know you had your reservations. Let's come clean with how good he's been. That's your third starter. Verland, uh, Scherzer's your fourth starter. That's how you have to view them differently. If you're willing to invest in the rotation, which they should, because that's where I'd be investing most of my money. And remember, you've got some money being cleared. Canna's gone. Escobar's off the books. I think Cano is off the books finally. That's a good rotation. But you want to buy off Scherzer or Verlander and have them go away. I want them back. I just want to view them differently. All right, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking after this one because here's the problem. And I my concern is you just said – after next year, they're off the books, right. and that's my problem. Is that what happens the year after? And I know we let's let's take it year by year because there's always somebody, and Cohen's going to spend money. That's fine, but if you're not re, you know, if you're not stockpiling the 
the the AAA and and the and the minors, then what are we really doing? They're if not getting those guys for Verlander or Scherzer. That's I guess where we fundamentally disagree. Yeah, I, I think they. I think I think they. I think they'll get somebody for Verlander. I truly do. I really do. And I, again, that that's me being stubborn. But whatever. And now listen. Again, I could sit there and say that next year you give me Urias, you give me Giolito, Sanga. And Katana, and we're still in the same situation. And at least maybe you got two guys that could pitch every fifth day. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Adam Ottavino. He's got a player option next year at about $6.5 million. So is he a free agent? Maybe, maybe not. Do you trade him? Considering I think he is going to pitch in game 162 and and give up a walk-off, then yes, you trade him now. Here's the problem with Adovino and Rayleigh. Rayleigh, I think, would have good value. He's he's under team control for three years. Like, he's not the kind of guy, Brooks Rayleigh, I'd be looking to trade. I just wouldn't. I, there's no reason to. I'd be more looking to trade guys who are free agents at the end of the year. Not, I'd be looking to acquire Brooks Rayleigh. Like, if Brooks Rayleigh was on any other team, that would be the reliever I'd point to and say, go bring this guy in. That's a, that's a great acquisition. Um, Adovino and Rayleigh right now, are the only two relievers in this bullpen that you can trust. I am willing to give David Peterson sort of an audition. He's looked a lot better out of the bullpen over the last couple of performances. And so that's why earlier when we were talking about, hey, if you trade a starter, you could call up Lucasio or McGill. You could even call up other guys. I mean, is Mike Vassell ready? Why not? I almost look at Mike Vassell, 23 years old. He's looked good. He's gone up a couple of layers here in the minor leagues the last uh, this past season. Why not? Is Dominic Hamill necessarily ready? These are two of their pitching prospects, and they've got a few. You know, we talk about how they don't have any starting pitchers. They don't have any starting pitchers that were ready to help them now. But Mike Vassell and Dominic Hamill and Christian Scott was the other guy we've seen a lot about this season. These guys may come up next year. Like, they may actually be able to contribute a year from now. Tyler Stewart, I think, is the other guy. Uh, so they've got some starting pitchers. they just not helping them now. And I think for a lot of us, it's, well, what are you doing for us now? You know, are you going to help us now? Uh, I did read the bad news about Calvin Ziegler, who wasn't pitching this year, and he's out for the season. Look, they do need to replenish their farm system with top-of-the-rotation arms, or at least potential top-of-the-rotation arms. But here's what's funny. Jacob DeGrom was not projected to be a top-of-the-rotation arm. <laughs> and I, Someone sent me that email this week when I was – talking about, you know, middle of the rotation prospects, like prospects who are not, you know, projected to be top ace guys. Guy emails and says, Evan Roberts hates Jacob DeGrom and reminded me, and I certainly remember, that Jacob DeGrom was not a highly touted prospect. Uh, There's like 100 emails I have not gone to because there are just so many people pissed off at Billy Epler. Vincent Caprito writes, the Mets gave up more for Tyler Naquin and Darren Ruff last year than they got back for one of the best relievers in the market. 
Billy Epler needs to be locked up before he gives away Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer for a bucket of balls. Kyle M writes, I told you so. Not sure what these prospects are, but I told you both we had to trade Robertson. I'll save the I told you so. The white flag is waving. Yes, lately we're showing fight, but if we make the last wild card spot, do we really think we're going far in the playoffs? I'm more excited to see the kids play. This seems like the best case scenario. Can't wait for management to admit we're cooked and for us to see that we actually have uh, as far as Mauricio and Vientos. Um, By the way, those guys need to play. Like, if you're waving the white flag and the Robertson train does that, and the Mets are clearly moving towards replenish the system mode, then Ronnie Mauricio should be in the major leagues today. Like, Daniel Vogelback and DJ Stewart cannot be on the field anymore. And even though Vientos has looked very shaky defensively at third base, I'd stick him in left field. Or I'd stick Brett Beatty in left field. Or I would just DH Vientos all the time and stick Mauricio in left. Or I'd stick Mauricio at second and put McNeil in left. Either way, the excuses are gone. The kids have to play. Uh, Omar Narvaez, I think he's another guy we'd all be okay with moving. Whatever you can get back. I'm not sure the return's going to be all that good. As far as that's outside of that, I mean, you're not looking to trade any of the core guys, right? Pete, Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nemo. No, right? Um, I definitely not trading Pete because, I mean, he is only what, like, 25, not 25, but he's about, he's about what, 50 home runs away from breaking the, 75 home runs away from breaking the record uh, for most home runs. That guy is a Met for life. There's no question I'm not trading Pete Alonso. But if you told me that someone really wanted to bring, uh, give you a haul for either Nimmo or McNeil, I would highly consider it. Uh, I'd probably, if his value was higher, like, and I just can't see that being the case. I'd be more open to trading McNeil because of his age, and I think he's more replaceable. Brandon Nimmo is very tough to replace. There are not a lot of really good center fielders. I think Nimmo, kind of like Alonzo's a Met for life. The reason I wouldn't trade McNeil is I just don't think his value is as high as it should be. That's like, terrible right now. It's awful. Right. So that that's why I'm turned off by that idea. I'd rather get him going. Obviously, there's not enough time before the trade deadline for that to happen. But I, I'm not trading Alonzo. I'm not trading McNeil for the most part. I'm not trading Nimmo. I'm not trading Lindor. Not that anybody's going to acquire him. I'm not trading Beatty or Alvarez. It is an opportunity for the next two months to see the young guys. But we're about to get teased. That's all admit it, Met fans. We are about to get teased. They've won the first two games of this Washington series. We are about to watch the Mets go on a little bit of a run. And I think they're going to get as close to th- as three games out of the wild card spot before we get punched in the balls. That's what I think is going to happen. That's my overall prediction on the uh, the state of the Mets. But it sucks, man. I think a part of what is making this so difficult is that this was as hyped up a season as we've had as Met fans. Coming off 101 wins and the disappointment at the end of that season This was a hyped-up season, and to be sitting here in late July talking about selling off guys and replenishing the farm system, it is the nightmare scenario. And now, as a sports fan, I've lived multiple nightmares, from the demise of the Nets to the demise of the Mets. It's like you can't have good things. It's unbelievable. Now, I don't want to say this is about to happen to the Jets. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to, even though I've thought it, and maybe I have said it, I don't want to put it in the atmosphere anymore, but it is a massively disappointing season. One other thing before we go, 
And we'll have another Rico right after the series ends. Recap the series. See if there's been any more trades. Though we will try, if there's any more Met trades, to do an instant reaction. Um, it was tough on Thursday night. It was just, it was a, it was a special circumstance that made it very, very difficult. But what the hell is going on with Bartolo Colon? It comes out on Friday that not only are the Mets going to have like a big, sexy, long sleeve T-shirt night or long sleeve shirt night, but that Colon is officially retiring and he's retiring as a Met. I, it, this does not make any sense to me. Bartolo Colon had a 21-year career. Bartolo Colon won a Cy Young. Bartolo Colon is not a Met. I'm sorry. Like He had some good years with the Mets. He was not a bad Met, that's for sure. But he's a Cleveland Indian. He's an L.A. Angel, I guess, sort of. He's not a Met. And yet, he's retiring as a Met. And we're giving out a shirt. What the hell is this all about? Well, I, I got to be honest. I think he had the most fun in, with the Mets. Like, I feel like the fan base latched on to him for some reason, unlike other places. And that's why. And if you remember, for the longest time, he kept on wanting to come back. He didn't want to retire. He was doing even I think even last year he was like you know showing like uh, demo tapes or or video reels of him throwing like hey I'm ready put me in coach I I feel like Bartolo is more attached to New York than we even know about and it's it's odd it, but it very much reminds you of when the Mets decided to sign, sign Tim Tebow to a minor league deal it's like hey the team sucks but uh, here we got a little little uh, little 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 fun going on that you'll enjoy before the season's over. He's like a mascot in a way. Bartolo <laughs> Colon has sort of been a Mets mascot. He was not a bad Met. I didn't dislike Bartolo Colon, but it's incredible how he's become such a cult hero. And I guess people forget that he was accused of doing steroids and he was accused of living a double life with a second family. Like that kind of stuff just gets forgotten about. We don't talk about that stuff. He's just lovable because he's big and he's fat and he had a home run in San Diego. <laughs> That's really what it comes That's down really to. That's really what it is. It's the Grand Slam. And, and the the entire team walked out of the dugout. No one was there. It was great. It was a, it was a great moment. And then it will live in Mets history. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. You can email the pod to Rico, be at gmail.com. We appreciate all the angry emails. A lot of people have said it's cathartic for them to write their thoughts down on the state of this Met team. And hopefully you hang in there with us because we're not going anywhere, even though the Mets are quitting. We'll be doing Ricos after every single series they play, throughout the series that they play. Are you going to start turning into Bob Euchre of uh, Major League? What does that mean? Well, are we going to start doing a little drinking when we do these podcasts? Oh, well, I think, I think you want to do that. <laughs> yes. Hoff's got rave reviews. When Pete Hoffman is drunk, apparently he makes better Met points. That's what I was told. <laughs> I'm not drunk now, so this is probably awful. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Uh, thank you very much for listening and downloading. Rico Bronia will give you another one as soon as the Mets make a trade or after this series ends on Sunday night. Thank you, and good night, and goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.